Blog Talk Radio. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Welcome, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. Another beautiful Sunday, man. Happy New Year to everybody out there. We are live for the first time in the 21-6. 
doing our thing, B.I.G. from Greensboro, N.C. Shout out to the people at SP10 for hosting us today. SP10 Studios, man, shout out to you guys. B.I.G. in my book, man, I appreciate the love. Uh, also got to give a shout out to the people at Fuse, working on a deal with uh, Fuse. You guys know with that, the good, reasonably cheap iced tea. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Fuse, man. Maybe going to make some things happen over there with WM3G, which powers this network. Also got to give a love to all the listeners out there who've been rocking with us for all the years, man. We've been at this state for six, seven years strong, East Coast and West Coast, over 60 million listeners. And I definitely appreciate all the love that you guys show, all the support that we get. And, um, you know, this is this is the voice of the people, man. This is why we do this show. We don't do it for no other reason than that. You know, I don't do the show for no other reason than that. Like I tell my friends, my platform is yours. You have an idea for a show. This is where you come. This is where you get to talk about it, unprecedented truth and, and emotion. You know, bring it bring it to the table, everything that you believe, uh, all the things that you have going on in your life, you know, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad. You know, bring it to the show. Let's talk about it. Let's let other folks know what's really going on out there in the world because, you know, the truth of the matter is, in a lot of places, people aren't awake. And and when I say people aren't awake, I mean to all of America. Um, just recently, uh, some things happened in uh, <laughs> Oregon. I'm sure everybody out there knows what's going on in Oregon. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I was very vocal about it. A lot of the times I like to sit back and analyze the situation and uh, see what happens and see what becomes of the situations because, you know, truth of the matter is we only get half of the information from the start anyway, you know, or, or even just bits and pieces of it. And you can't trust any media outlet because con- conservative media outlets like Fox, you know, I-, I can't even call Fox conservative, but uh, that's who they uh, cater to. You know, Fox are going to tell their side of the story from a conservative standpoint from that conservative paintbrush. Uh, you got CNN and the rest of them. You got all these liberal sites. You know, they're going to report the news from a liberal standpoint. And you're not going to get the truth for which it stands. So a lot of times when these things happen across the world, not even just this nation, but across the world, you have to wait and see what people from the actual grounds are talking about. And I'm not talking about reporters. I'm not talking about news folks. I'm talking about people who live there, uh, people who are, are watching from uh, behind their own eyes and their own phone and, and interviewing uh, people who are neighbors and who, live, who are living out the experiences that we're debating about on social media. That's pretty big when you think about it. That's like Baltimore. When, when Baltimore went down, a lot of people were talking about, you know, those folks in Baltimore rioting. They're going crazy. They're burning down the neighborhoods and the stores. And, you know, I had to really, uh, I won't say check some people, but I'll say enlighten some folks because in a city like Baltimore, uh, they've been suffering long before this recent outbreak that we saw. What That riot, the riots that we saw and the marching and, and the protesting, that was in response to police brutality. <laughs> You know, that was in response to the police killing a member of the community. That wasn't in response to all the bad policies and 
all the bad situations and the economic restraints and uh, uh, things like that that the people of Baltimore have endured for many, many years, you know, for decades on. And, you know, from a political standpoint, because you guys know what I do, you know who I am, you know I analyze these things. Um, from a political standpoint, they continue to vote and elect against their own interests. And, you know, people would argue that, but I, I, I challenge folks in saying only this. If the people that you're electing aren't protecting and um, taking care of the neighborhoods in which they were elected to represent, if they aren't doing that properly, you can't just blame that on someone who really doesn't give a damn about the neighborhood that you live in. And that's what continues to happen in places like Baltimore in cities that are, you just got to call it what it is, that are controlled and have always been controlled by liberal policies. You know, this is just what it is. But I ain't here to change nobody's mind. I'm just here to tell you the truth. And uh, in speaking that truth, you know, we're also tonight, I've, I've invited tonight, I've invited some uh, amazing guests. Okay. And uh, I've invited these guests to come on and talk about uh, police brutality. Uh, recently, uh, someone that, you know, we all know from the hip hop world, uh, the RZA, architect of the group, the Wu-Tang Clan, the world-renowned hip hop, and, and, and now pop, you know, we just got to, we got to call it what it is because of the number of records and lives that they've reached worldwide. And, um, you know, I won't even give that to pop. We just going to call it hip hop and rap. I ain't going to give that to pop. That's that's what a lot of us do. We always, when somebody blows up to a certain degree from hip hop uh, that we didn't expect, the first thing we do is like to give them that pop title as if pop is the reason that they blew up to that uh, uh, monumental status. So anyway, in correcting myself, world-renowned group, uh, Wu-Tang Clan founded by the Risen, you know, the architect of that group, uh, was on Bloomberg. He did an interview with Bloomberg and he said some things that uh, were very controversial to a lot of individuals out there. Um, he said some things that people didn't agree with, some things that people didn't appreciate. And uh, furthermore, people were very outspoken about it. Uh, people don't like the fact that it seems that in his words, he was speaking out against freedom and the freedoms of people in defense of the police brutality that we see. Okay, and and that's just a better way of putting uh, or putting it. In in my words, is that he was speaking out against the freedoms, or or people believe that he was speaking out against the freedoms that they have, the constitutional freedoms that we all share or that we're supposed to share, in defense of how police are reacting um, against members of society of the community. So, I've invited these guys on, and. Um, you know, we're going to really get down to it, man. We're going to go to a commercial here in just a second. And after the commercial break, the one-minute commercial break, we're going to bring these individuals on. We're going to bring these brilliant brothers on. And, you know, we're going to get down into some dialogue and conversation because that's what we do on the show. All right? So make sure you hit us up, 619-638-8559. It's the number. Hit us up on iTunes. That's where you can find us. Also on the website, kirpradioshow.com. Again, I'll say it slow. It's not that I'm saying it fast. You're just listening slow, like a pep tone. I ain't saying it fast. You're listening slow. <laughs> KIRPRadioShow.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. Look for us on Twitter at symbol KRP Radio Show at symbol NC Pudgy is me. Follow me on Instagram if I want to invite you to my work. My work's kind of crazy sometimes, but uh, you just got to get with it. Hey, man, listen. Talking about police brutality, all right, and I want to know, just it's very simple. I want to know if the way people dress or a certain style is responsible for police responding or acting or looking at people a certain way. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break, man. I'm going to take y'all out of here with the far side. K-I-R-P Radio! Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. And play in the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressed number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. <laughs> okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. Become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800 442 Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Welcome black, as I like to say. Welcome black to the KIRP radio show, baby, where we do it B-I-G. And when you contact us and when you rock with us, you are B-I-G in my book. Look for the hashtags. Check us out on Facebook, folks. Leave us your comments. Let us know how you feel about the topics that we're talking about. You don't have to do it today. You can do it later. Don't forget you can check the archives out as we are powered by Blog Talk Radio. Shout out to the good folks over there at Blog Talk Radio who holds us down. Also got to give a shout out to our host studios, baby, SP10, who always, always delivers us that crystal clear sound that we're rocking with right now on the KLP Radio Show. Let's get into it, folks. Right now, I want to take a second, just one moment, and I want to introduce you guys to some of the most amazing individuals out here that you just don't know about. Um, Even if you do know about them, you don't know about them like I know about them. First, I want to bring to the show my brother John Anderson III, received a bachelor's degree from business administration from Fight for You, also pursuing a master's degree right now in business administration, the public AD. Man, you, you, you're you a brave soul to jump back in that school. And I, I salute you. Uh, <laughs> this individual, also is, he's also a professional speaker, uh, facilitated leadership work groups, workshops, excuse me, for hundreds of business students and state leadership conferences. Also developed market strategies. He advertises, he campaigns, he has a retail clothing boutique, manages and is responsible for accounts receivables, payables, inventory, and a whole host of other business needs that you might have. Welcome to the show, my brother, John A. The third, what's up? Uh-oh, I don't know what's going on with John. Can we clear? Sorry, John, my bad. How you doing, brother? Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey. Amateur night over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Also, man, not saving the last for least, but also equally important, got to give a shout out to my brother right now who we're inviting to the show, Jonathan Coley. This man is an activist. He's also a trained minister, whether you like that or not. Hailing from the great city of Wilson, N.C., right now living in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's a father of two. He'll shoot a J in your face. He'll back you down, and then he'll lay you down on the couch and tell you what's wrong with your brain. As this man currently studies for studies in behavior analysis, he also works in special education in the Wake County educational system. Uh, this man also works as a mentor and a school coach, middle school coach at uh, St. David School and the Carolina Prestige. Welcome to the show, my brother Jonathan Coley. What's up, homie? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on, P. Real? Yo, man, glad to have you on the show. See, y'all say this man called me P. Real. Y'all don't even know what that about. I could take you back on that. But anyway, um, let's get down to it, man. I know you guys are tired of me babbling, and I'm ready to bring you guys on to talk about the question at hand. You know, the topic at hand is a, there's a whole lot of people out there mad at the risen. <laughs> whole lot of people <laughs> mad at the risen. And um, I don't even know where to begin when we talk about police brutality, um, I, I'll say this in, in starting the discussion, and you guys can speak up when you like. I'm not going to call your name. I just like the dialogue. Um, police brutality in America right now 
I will say is that if not uh, uh, if not at a at a higher point um, with the amount of police brutality that that we see of equal to the '60s, the '50s, and the '40s, if it's not higher, I would say that it's equal to the amount of police brutality that people faced in that era. And the only reason I, I make a, a, a crazy accusation like that or, or a bold statement like that is because it's happening and people are excusing it. At least in that era, people called it what it was. But in this era, there are, there are a lot of people who uh, excuse it even when they see it before their eyes. Uh, let, me, let me start with you, Johnny. Well, uh, Mr. Coley, uh, what's going on with police brutality in America right now? Well, um, first of all, you got to look at the root of where where the police originated from. See, history will show you that police in America were made to keep the slave, the free slaves in order, the freed slaves in order. That's why the police system, because before we just had a sheriff, it was just sheriffs. Now the police system was made to keep free slaves in order. So now, now if you look at that, it explains a whole lot when you start to look through history. Um, the police, I believe the police brutality is the same as it's always been. The difference is the media and the cell phone. So mm-hmm. now you are able to see, well, everybody has a cell phone with a camera on it. Before we didn't have that, and it was word of mouth that this happened, you know. And um, But right now, everybody has a cell phone. So now when they see police brutality, you're able to whip out a cell phone and, and immediately put it on Facebook or immediately upload it to the web or to a blog, and everybody immediately has access to it. That's the difference between but it's always happened. It has always been this, and it has always happened. Um, but now that it's exposed, and, it, and if you start even, I would dare to even say if you look at some of the constitutional laws, it even say in there, like, it's a lot of laws that we don't know about that still affect us and still don't consider, you know, uh, black Americans. So um, at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, yeah, police brutality, the history explains it. So regardless if you have a suit on or not, if you are black, you are a threat. You are a menace. So when you say, if, you say have so that you're alluding to a dress code, right? You're saying that regardless of what you know, yeah. uh, from a black perspective, that you're going to be facing police brutality no matter what. Regardless. Think about this. You wake up, you as a, as a black American, even Stephen A. Smith has spoke about this. Uh, Chris Carter has spoke about it on, on online about on um, ESPN about being stopped by the police, even if they had on a suit. You know, it was no difference. The guy that got beat in Illinois or Missouri, somewhere like that, he had a suit on. You know, he got beat up by the police and they took him to jail and all that. He had a suit on. So, I mean, the difference, it's really no difference if you had a suit on or not. You know, at the end of the day, if you, you wake up every day as a black man with the stresses of that, you might have to deal with the police in some type of way for no reason. I mean, what, what, I, even what, in my, what do you think about that, John? Well, let me let me chime in on this. I'm a, I'm, I grew up in Harlem. Mm-hmm. My father grew up in Harlem. My father was with Malcolm X. Back in the '60s, he got his head beaten by the police when the police was letting dogs loose in the streets. He got a dent in his head right now from from police brutality. He wore a suit back then. 
I I was on the corner of 145th Street and Lenox Avenue doing what I do, hustling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The police ran up on me several times. I was a victim of police brutality. I fought back. By the grace of God, I wasn't shot. You know what I'm right. saying? I wear a suit. I wear a suit now when it's called for. I can be casual in my own clothing line today. I believe it has a lot to do with the demeanor that you portray towards police. Knowing that we have an issue of police brutality, we have to go about things differently. Fair? No, it's not fair, but it's a reality that we have to deal with. If I know that they're looking for red bandanas or, or, or a group of people and, and, at 1 o'clock in the morning congregating, even if you're not doing nothing, they're looking at the stereotype. Therefore, we have to be, we have to have our guard up regardless. And no, it's not. I got pulled over in Stanley County in the, in the backwoods in Hickville, and I have my hat cocked to the side, and I ride, I ride with my seat back. But it was my demeanor that diffused the situation because it was a young white cop who could have did anything he wanted to do to me. I had my pistol on me, concealed carry. The way I yeah. presented myself was not aggressive. It was not, it, it, it was not belligerent. And, and I wasn't selling out. I wasn't being a punk. But I, it's chess. We playing chess in this game. And this, this game of life is this is our lives on the line. This is not just you know what I'm saying. This is not this is for keeps. So when we playing chess, we have to we have to be calculated with our moves. And a lot of us mm-hmm. out here nowadays, we're so angry that we lash out back at them. And trust me, I would love to do the same thing, but we gotta play chess with this thing. We have to be calculated with our moves. I'm a conservative. I I I I, I help uh, conservative candidates because, as Malcolm X said, if you continue to vote for the same people and put them in office and they put your agenda on the back burner, you a fool and a traitor. So absolutely. I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's calculated moves that we have to make, and we're not doing that because our young people don't have the leaders that are stepping up and standing up. And RZA spoke his mind, and that's what he did. And people don't have to like it, but that man is entitled to his opinion, and he grew up in the streets. He understands what that struggle is. And so, you know, that's that, that's that man's opinion, and I, and I stand by him on that. I think, um, in, in fairness, you know, as, as we go back, I probably should have played the clip of what the RZA said. And, um, you know, I'll just tell you, here, here's my opinion on um, the clip. And, I, and I'm going to play it here shortly. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's play the clip right now. And that I think that will be easier for our listeners to understand uh, the prequel of where we're coming from. So I'm going to go to this clip. Uh, Wu-Tang member, Clan, Wu-Tang Clan founder, uh, the architect of the group that we know as the Wu-Tang Clan, Today, uh, the RZA had an interview, and this is what he had to say when asked about police brutality and a few other things. So we're and we and you come into this place. You're seven years into the Obama administration. One of the main in the last year, at least, one of the most um, uh, the, the the political movements that's had the most energy around it has been Black Lives Black Lives Matter, right? Yes. Because of all the stuff that's happened yes. in a lot of cities around the country with uh, police uh, brutality and and uh, wrongful deaths and so on. Um, when you see that movement kind of taking shape, what, what do you think of that? When you think you see Black Lives Matter? Of course Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? All lives matter. I'm a, I stop eating meat because their lives matter to me. You know what I mean? I don't think it's necessary for us to, to grow a cow to kill it. I don't think it's necessary for... If I'm in law enforcement, and look, I, I wanted to be in law enforcement as a kid. Really? Yeah, come on, man. Berettas? I grew up with Beretta, Starsky, and Hutch. Yeah. Come on, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you like uh, Starsky, Starsky, Starsky or Hutch? Which one did you like better? Depending on what episode. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Okay. But I was just saying, 
we wanted you wanted to be these guys, you know what I mean? And and then to come when you grow up and you and you and you see what's happening, the image of that is being taken away. You know, in the old days, you you know, you're a cop, you let him in your house and give him a, a cookie and milk. Now you're like, yo, 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 you know. So the lives, all lives matter. And I love what the police do for our society. I love the idea of it, to serve and protect. And, and uh, as long as those who are upholding that idea, then they are beneficiary to society. But for those who would ever lose that focus, you know what I mean, whether they lose it through fear, through stress, or do not being properly trained, and they are allowed to go in the streets, and, 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 and how can you enforce law if you don't understand law? But when you think about, you know, some of the brothers who are being brutalized by the police, you know what I mean, you also got to have them take a look and us take a look in the mirror at the image we portray. If, 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 if you think, if, 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 if I'm a cop and every time I see a young black youth, whether I watch them on TV, movies, or just see them hanging out and they, they looking, they're not looking, you know, properly dressed, properly uh, refined, you know, carrying themselves, conducting themselves the proper hours of the day, things that, that a man does, you know what I mean? You're, not, you're going to have a certain kind of fear and stereotype of them. Uh, and that's, you know, I tell my sons, I'm like, yo, some, you know, I say, if you're going somewhere, you don't have to wear a hoodie and, you know, you know, you know we live in New York, so hoodies and all that is all good, but sometimes, button up your shirt, you know, clean up. Look like a, look like a young man. You're not a little kid, you know what I mean? So I think that's another big issue we got to pay attention to is, is the image that we portray that could invoke a fear to a, to a white officer or to any officer. So that was Rizzo. Wu Tang Clan found and uh, sorry about that. And uh, um, that's what to say about Black. Uh, that's what he had to say about. Uh, I that's what he had to say about blah 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 blah. It's the same conversation, fellas. Right? This is the same conversation that we had. We talk about. Around the car table, the water cooler, or outside chilling, or in the car riding, or whatever. It's the same conversation he had with that interviewer from Bloomberg that we all had amongst ourselves, or, or even in the barbershop. The difference is he cleared up a lot. I want to point out right here no one is talking about the specific things that was commented on when he said he liked the idea, right? Of, of a police to serve and protect. Now, I think that's a beautiful idea as well. Um, I think when you're like you, Johnny, you're a coach. You're, you do John with nonprofit training, like I do with my coaching and mentoring and all these things in the community. That's no different than serving and protecting because we're protecting the the individuality of these kids. Like we're protecting their hearts, we're protecting their souls. And we're also serving them by trying to help raise them and maintain them. So with the other folks that there is also mention, which are police that are stressed out, you know, police that have a, a, an ulterior motive, 
or police who are just mad. You know, some people just want revenge, and, and, and being a police officer may just happen to be their job. So we can't discredit the things that the RZA said. I think what he said was Johnny on the spot, no pun intended. Uh, the difference is, in this era of social media, uh, people will take a small part of what you said, and they will focus on that part, not knowing the, 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 you know, the other things that you said before or after it, and then it just blows up and blows out of proportion. And then before you know it, this man is ostracized by some thoughts that he had that really just made plain common sense. Um, listen, this is America. And I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to nominate you. You guys chime in and feel like it. But this is America. And we know the playing field is not easy. I listened to what John was just saying, and he was saying, you know, you got to play chess. He's right. You do have to play chess. Here's a couple facts about black people in America. We were slaves. That's number one. And for all the people who don't believe it, I know you might think I'm crazy, but there is a such thing as white privilege. There's also a such oh, thing yeah. as black privilege. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could go places that a 40-year-old white man can't go as a 40-year-old black man almost. You dig what I'm saying? Like, there's places that I could just walk into, never have been there before, and have conversations with people that they can't begin to do that with and wouldn't even understand what's going on or why they couldn't have that conversation. Now, being the same guy, I'm able to go to uh, white communities or places where I may not be wanted and have those same conversations with those people because I'm just able to do that. But having that white privilege will never get me to the level of where it gets the other average 40-year-old white man that's equally on my level and and some people don't want to understand that. Some people don't want to accept that. But those are the realities of being black in America is that, you know, there are some challenges and we do have to often see our way around things. So to bring it back, guys, let me let me just bring it back. So where this will make sense and what I'm saying to bring it all back. I get what Riz is saying. And it's the same thing. What John just said, like, if it's one in the morning, we don't get the chance to chill on a block in the spot and be able to talk shit to the police when they come up to us and ask us, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? We we don't get that luxury. Not not very often. And if you do, it's like winning that Powerball is 1.3 billion right now. You know what I'm saying? Your ass right. might get killed in the process of saying, I'm minding my own business. Won't you? Blah, 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 blah. And people uh, ask Here's me, my question. <laughs> here's my question, though. With, with that being the case, um, with that being the case, you are still enslaved because at the end of the day, We're all enslaved, though. Uh, right, 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 right. We are still enslaved. You know what I'm saying? It, it, we're just free. It's like indentured. Like, like we're now what they're trying to make the <laughs> history book say. We're not indentured. You know, it's the same thing. You're still a slave. Because at the end of the day, if I don't have the same luxuries as everybody else, and just because my skin is a different color, Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, just I can't be on the corner at 1 o'clock, but because your skin is a different color, y'all can go park in the parking lot and be there to whenever and nobody say anything. And we can not be – you can be doing nothing that is illegal, but still I can't be out at 1. It's just like I, I got stopped the other day because I had – I mean, well, about a couple months ago I got stopped because I had out-of-town plates. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I was driving a car that had out-of-town plates. I wasn't speeding. You know, I wasn't doing anything else. They just had out-of-town plates. 
What he tried mm-hmm. to say was that my light was out on my license plate. But it was a That's guy speeding in front of me with a tail light out. And it was, you know, it was like the whole area was bad. I'm actually in order, but they pulled me over. Like they chased me down to pull me over. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, yo, and I was I was actually run, going the speed limit. But just because in, in the area that I was in, yeah, it's in the country. It was Nightdale, and it was white. White, a mainly white, you know, predominantly white area. So, yeah, I mean, but the way I'm dressed, because I am an educator, I am, I, you know, I still wear my button-ups, I wear my polos, I wear my, I wear my pants on my hips and all of that. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. I mean, I guess because I wear a mohawk. But I, well, now but I can't wear a mohawk. No, 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 <laughs> check this out. Okay, so you got, you got pulled by being black, basically. You got pulled by being black in a white area, but, but see, where I grew up, you know where I grew up, Maplewood, shout yes. out. And where I lived there in Newark, shout out to my people in Newark, South Orange Jazz, Prince Street, all of that. You, if you were if if you were white <laughs> in that neighborhood, you get pulled over too. Well, right? I, I never really saw that. You know what I'm saying? You might not get pulled over. I, I know I never really seen. You know, I never really saw like somebody because first of all, they wouldn't come to our neighborhood number one because you know where we where we grew up at. You was already you know it was like it was like what the Crips and Bloods do. We we protected our neighborhood in in in, in a sense. So we knew we knew not to go over there where you stayed at, you know, Maplewood. We knew already what was going on. If you weren't from there, we already knew because you're not gonna go over there cause any trouble, and they're not gonna allow you, you know, pass you through. So we already right. knew. So when it's an understood thing, you know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, when it comes to the police, get you know, when it comes to the police, they that's what they were put here to do. And now I, the pastor that I, you know, the, the church I go to, he's a police officer. And we're sitting here talking back and forth, and they are told to do that. They are told to harass us. You know, they are told to go out and we gotta have this certain. They gotta have this certain number of stops of people of color. And I'm like, what? Like, he's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what they told us to do. And I'm like, are you serious? Wow. So so this is a quota that they have to meet. They have to sit there and pull us over. They have to. They have to do that. And so I'm just like, yo, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you wake up. This, and I go back to this. You wake up as a black man no matter what you're doing with the stress of, oh, you're going to get pulled up. You got a chance to be killed by the police. You know what I'm saying? And, I don't, you know, we have the black privilege, but that white privilege, I'm, it, it overrules that. You know, it overrules what we may get when it comes to, when I look at the mass nose hierarchy of needs, that white mm-hmm. privilege, you know, allows it to, allows that to happen. But see, but here's my biggest fight with what RZA said. Now, to get where he is, mm-hmm. and, and, and I and it's, don't be my thing is self righteousness. To get where he is, he had to dress like what he was talking, what he was saying. Don't dress like yeah, Wu Tang yeah. Clan. We already knew was like the was, was the epitome of street gutter, face masks on, karate stuff, pants sagging, all black boots, Tim's, all that. We already knew. Wu Tang Clan. So to get where he is, that's what he had to do. That's what he but portrayed. See, look, look, Jay, get, I think, but as I you, think, but as you learn, but as you learn better, you do better. And as he learned, but as you, but short, check this out. He adapted. Mm-hmm. But my, also the other point is, if if you conform to someone else's culture, yeah, it's a chess game, and it's a chess game. It's just like I tell females: if you're not playing, it's not a game unless you're playing the game. Now, if it's not a chess game. If, if, if you kick the chess game over and say, hey, regardless, 
this is my culture because this, this is what they do. You, they make you conform to their culture, but then take your culture. Because I, I, I coach at a predominantly white school, $19,000 mm-hmm. a year to go there. Mm-hmm. Their kids dress like our kids. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They dress like our kids. They listen to the music that our – they listen to hip-hop. They got kids with ringtones. Like I was, like I was saying, they, the ringtones are trap music. You know, I'm sitting there trap, it's trap music. I hear trap music. So. That, though. You see, so, the uh, hip-hop culture and, 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 and all of that, the impression of that, that's, see, that's how powerful uh, something that we created as black people. That's how powerful that thing is. And that's why, like, all, all this, e- even though it's realistic, can't really control anyone because do you think those white parents in the, ni- in the, in the early 90s or the mid-80s wanted their kids listening to N.W.A. or even the Wu or anything like that? Hell no, they didn't want their kids listening mm-hmm. to that. But the power and the influence of that message and that music overrode all of that privilege and all of those directions and all of those things and even home training, you know, you could train your kid to do anything in the world, but when they see something that leaves an impression on them, they want more of it. They want to be a part of it. You know what I'm right. saying? So just like for what you just said, like it, 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 it overruled all that privilege or all that power that people thought that they had. And even for us, just like rock and roll did before. So, you know, I, I, I want to get something out of this, right? I mean, we, we all know these things exist. And I think, let me, let me just say this real quick, and then I want to go to John for a second, then we'll go back to you, um, Jake. Uh, all right. I think, I think RZA was speaking from a personal standpoint, right? Because he was saying, when I tell my boys, or, or when I tell them, you're not a kid. So he wasn't talking about all people. He was talking about his, it sounds like, young adult men in his household. Because he said, like I tell my sons, you're not a kid. You're not a little kid. You're, you're this. You know, pull your pants up, button your shirt up. Because we were all told from someone older, if it wasn't our dad, it was our granddad or uncle or somebody, yo, pull your pants up. Yo, when you go in this kind of environment, button your shirt up. When you do this, wear a tie. When you do that, when you do this, when you do that. Everything is conditional. It's like a cause and effect type thing. No one's saying you got to walk around with a suit on every day because God knows I ain't like that. But when the time <laughs> permits, you got to show up and show out. It's like taking a chick out on a date. When you meet her, you might not be dressed, to, you know, the part you might have on basketball shorts and a, and a tee. You might be chilling, but you still look presentable and, and some fresh sneakers. And you holler at her, you get a number, and you're like, all right, I'm going to take you out. You ain't going to show up with that same kind of get up on, most likely. More than likely, you're going to go get real fresh. You're going to pick her up, and you're going to take her out because you want to leave an impression on her. So, you know, when you're when you're in your own habitat and you're doing your own thing, sure, you look, wear what you want. If you're comfortable in the suit, rock that suit. If you're comfortable in jeans and tee, rock that tee. I ain't trying to see no slim-ass jeans on no grown man, but, you know, I, I think y'all understand what I'm saying. Like, so I think Rizzo was speaking from a personal space, and everybody took it as if he was talking about everyone because the question was asked about society, and he answered it from a more personal space. Go ahead, John. And I believe, I agree 100%. It's a, and then I also believe it's an individual responsibility. Myself as a father, I won't allow certain things to go on with my child, with my son. He's 12 years old. And I know oh, yeah. the, the emasculation of the black man, these skinny jeans, these dresses, these wrappers he's wearing. Mm-hmm. I don't condone none mm-hmm. of that. I don't condone nah. none of that stuff. 
and, and, and a lot of this stuff is happening because these parents is not stepping up and doing what they're supposed to be doing, and then they want to point the finger and blame someone else for the actions of their own children. It's our yeah. responsibility. It's our, in, in Chicago, all this uh, Chirac, or Sh- Chirac, all this stuff that's going on. Right. Yeah. All these ghettos in America, all these small rural communities, even in, even in Durham or in Charlotte, all these things that's going on. We as young, I'm 40 years old. We as young men, it's our time to, to take this torch that has been dropped and to carry this and boldly do it. You know what I'm saying? The, the reason why we are not politically powerful because, and I'm not, I'm not knocking what my forefathers did as far as marching for freedom, but we got to do more than that. And it, 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 yeah. we have to show these kids how to be economically uh, um, developed and financially right. free. And, and unless we can come to the table with something that makes dollars make sense, they're not trying to hear it. And that's where the police and those people that we continuously vote into office that do not have our agendas on the forefront, we keep voting them in office. And the reason why these police can do what they do is because there's no political influence, there's no political power, true power, that, that, that's doing this. People voted in Obama right. in the office, and his, his, head, his head pit bull, Rahm Emanuel, is the mayor of Chicago, and Chicago is worse, uh, worse murders going on over there than in Iraq. Who's, let's go now. I mean, somebody got to be held accountable for what's going on. We put these people in office. If they're not going to do the job that we want them to do, why would we vote somebody else like them just because of a political party? Why would we put them in office again? You know what I mean? We, we, it's, we have to take the responsibility as, as 30, 40, 50-year-old men. Men, I say men, because it's up to us for these young black men out here. They're not going to listen to the black woman. They're going to stick with I didn't listen to my mother when I was 13. You couldn't tell me nothing. I sold drugs. I carried guns. She told me what to do. I looked at her, and I kept it moving. I kept doing yeah. what I wanted to do because I thought I was the man. So yeah. it's going to take us right. to stop being scared and get up off our butts and get out here and stand for something or be willing to die for something, or, or we, we just bad, 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 bad complaining. And I, I'm sick exactly. and tired of it. Exactly, Which is John. The result, right? Yeah, you yeah. think about this, though. Go ahead, go ahead, Pudgy. You got it. No, I mean, that, that was my point for, because you guys are dialoguing the most about it. We had, and, I, and, and I'm supposed to have my brother Taj. Shout out to Taj. I'm supposed to have Taz on the show. Taz gets producer credit for this show too, by the way. Um, but I wanted to have him on the show because when I scroll through or, or from knowing you guys, one thing that I know about you, you're a jack of all trades, right? And 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 that's something that I always try to promote and tell these kids that I interact with. It's hard to tell a good man that, but oftentimes I have conversations with adults, and I just try to give them some game and say, listen. Don't set parameters on yourself. If there's something that you could do well a little bit, make a business out of it. Shot name, his name was saying the same thing I've been saying for years. People looked at me crazy behind the two, and I'm laughing all the way to the bank, by the way. But we, we gotta, listen, we got to raise our sons, and we got to raise these community kids in the community, and everybody that we encounter. And Jay, you know, I said the same thing at the forward that we just had. We mm-hmm. got is to think that we need to build an empire, and we have to build that empire together. If I can't be of benefit and service to you, you need to cut me off. If the only thing that I could bring to the table is nonsense and malice and shifting problems and gossip, it's better and empower me. Drop my ass off of exactly. Which is why I bring you all to the show. <clears throat> you guys who have done multiple things for a living. You know what I'm saying? multiple things to make a living and always speaking I don't give a damn if nobody agrees with it, but when I look at the end result of what you guys are saying on two different levels from two different paths, you both want the same things and that's the 
empowerment for black people and love. And that's what we all want, prosperity, right? So when we look at this yes, thing and we talk about a drug on the police brutality, the, I, I bring you guys to the table, and my question to you guys is a solution. What's the solution to this? Because if we keep doing like we're doing, obviously it's going to continue to happen, right? So we know, you know, you said responsibility just a second ago, but if we already know if we wear a type of, and this is fucked up, Palmer Lane, which is fucked up, and I know it is, but we already know if we look a certain way when we go in certain environments, and, and I stress in certain environments, if you already know that you're not going to get that job when you look a certain way in that environment, we got to be the people out there leading the way saying, yo, when you go in this environment, you can't look that way. By the way, when you do get that executive job or that CEO job, if you do happen to work for somebody and run their business, which means they trust you to run their business to make money for you and them, if you get that position, there's a certain kind of morality that you have to have, right? There's a certain kind of way that you need to act because you're representing a brand. If not, if you're not going to be able to do that, don't take the job. It's cool. Don't take it. You know, if you can't understand right. that part of the contract, don't take it. Don't do it. Go open your own and rock by yourself. Build your pop, build your thing up from the ground. Like, those are things that we have to be able to teach ourselves because just telling them, like, yo, you can wear what you want. Man, it don't matter what nobody say. They're just going to have to understand. They're never going to understand. Never. In a, if, yo, if they haven't understood when our pops and our grandpops was wearing certain ties every damn day in the church and out the church, they're not going to understand when we wear skinny jeans and big-ass sneakers with the tongue hanging out, tight-ass <laughs> jeans and tight-ass shirt. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to understand a pair of orange pants and, and, and You know what I'm saying? These kids are pressing themselves and I respect it. When I was there, not going to respect it from the other side. So what are we, we doing? What are we doing? And what do we got to do? We have to pull what, what our resources. We have to pull exactly. our We have to empower our own that. communities. We have to police our exactly. own communities. We, we, exactly. Black lives do matter. When these, when these Ownership. Because I, I know, I know bloods. I know when there's a murder in our hood, we got to, as men, step up out there, conceal, carry, and all of that, and, and put a stop to that. What are we expecting the black women to step up and say, stop shooting? And when we police our own communities, we don't allow right. outside police to come in and police our own community because we got this on lock. Yeah, we'll call the, the worst, which is never. The worst thing that could have happened to us was integration. We were better off segregated because we were able to police our own community. We were able to, you, you look at Tulsa, you look at Rosewood, you look at Jamestown, you look at James City. Before segregation, all black towns and all black cities that flourished that were destroyed by the government, but they flourished. You got to look at that, man, because we got to start taking ownership. And when we start taking ownership and saying instead of going to work for that Fortune 500 company, we pull together. Now, the Latinos and, become one. and the Mexicans and the Spanish, they got it. Everybody they else got it together because now, say it again. I said everybody else can do it except us. Everybody else can do it except us. The Latin, because when I when I I'm walking through places where I knew there was no uh, Mexican area, but then I walked through. I posted it on Facebook like a year ago. I walked through there, and then I'm like, yo, they got their own lawyer, their own uh, supermarket hairdressers, two hairdressers over there. They got their uh, phone shop. They have their uh, auto body shop. Uh, all of that in one area. 
where they can go to. We don't have. You know, exactly. so when you start to look at it, we, we gotta start take we gotta figure out a way to pull pull together and, and become and take ownership as black people. And so, so you have to take our it. mentality looks at us our mentality is that if I see you have more than me, I wanna take what you have instead of exactly. I have brother let let let's put that together. It's the mentality that's right. been programmed into us, that's been brainwashed into us that we cannot break that cycle because we're puppet we're we're being used. We're pup we're being puppets for a bigger right. for those who are really in power. And we're so blind mm-hmm. and we can't see it. They give us, they sprinkle us with a couple of dollars to, to shut us up. And the ones that's getting this little side money, I'm not going to call no names out. I'm not going to call yeah. no names out of these people that you see on TV and so, so-called political people. And, and, and they they shut us up. And and, and we, we fall for a line and sinker. The reason why Martin Luther King got killed for this same reason, he was trying to develop the Poor People's Party. You know what right. I'm saying? He was trying to get... Black and white in this party, though, but he was trying to get the poor people's party to pull together and lobby and, and do all of that. So, that, you know, he didn't get killed because of his I have a dream or him, his, him trying as to integrate. As soon as he started talking about unions and it started, as soon as he started to make that money, money, they had to get, a, get rid of him. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? As soon as Malcolm found out that it wasn't about black Muslims, that there was white Muslims too, and that and that and that we can we can empower each other, Malcolm was the strongest black leader that we had since Marcus Garvey because people mm-hmm. the thugs the thugs listened to him. If he say move left, they say they said left face, left right face. It was a move. He had power. We don't have nobody like that because we can either be born uh-huh. given a TV show or given the highest office in this land and and, and told. You know what I mean, and make it seem like because they look so good and they and they walk so good and they they so fresh and so clean that they for us. I don't care. I don't care if you white, black, whatever. If you're if, you, if our agenda is not being met, you're not for us, man. And, and it's right. happening exactly. 50, 60 years, and we settling for it. We got to stop settling right. for what is given to us. Right. And I'm true. sick and tired of it. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to die for it. I don't know who else is. I'm willing to die too, man. That's the whole I've been thing shot about before. it. I know bullets burn. I've been shot before. I know bullets burn. I'm, I, I take one for the right reason this time. I took one for something else before. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how many people there is like me, but we, that's who we need yeah. to come together. Yeah, we out here, brother. We just got it. But it ain't that many. And that's the whole thing. You know, because right now, like you say, when you don't, when you grew up with nothing and they give you a little bit, right. you get that, right. you know, people have gotten satisfied. You grew up with nothing and they give you a little bit. And we not even all. knowing we can have it all, we can have it all. Can have it all. because everything that they everything that is in this country is built off of us and our culture. They say we don't have a culture, but we do, and it is pretty much most of America. It's hip hop culture, and it's most of America. So now, when you look at it, if we can take if we can take back what's ours, you know what I'm saying, and then we can build. You know, honestly, Kate, that you want, I'm gonna retract that. I only want to take it back. Let's build something new. You know what I'm saying? Let's get together, build something new, build something better than what it was. And but see, people haven't. People are starting to wake up more now, due to everything that's going on. But it still hasn't. It still hasn't gelled together because yet. There's and no it hasn't really clicked. Because there's no organization. Right. There's no leadership. There's nobody to pull everybody together. We all have these feelings, but we don't know what to do about it. And there's nobody to right. say, okay. Come on, let's go. This is what we're going to do. This is the agenda. This is step one, step two, step three. People that they respect. It has to be somebody that, right. they, that they respect. 
Because if they don't respect him, they're not going to listen to him. They're going to be ah, whatever, he's this or he's that. We, we quick to do that to each other. It's got to be mm-hmm. somebody that they respect. I thought Jay-Z is in a position to do something. You know what I mean? It's actually that I, I respect LeBron for what he's doing for them kids in college. It's people that, 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 that people respect that got to step up and do things. You know what I mean? It used to be the political and the business. Now it's the athletes and the entertainers. But they so mm-hmm. happy with their couple hundred million that they're not thinking about nobody else but themselves. So who's going to do it? You know what I mean? It's got to be somebody that people respect. And I'm talking about these young kids because it's power. It's power in you. And they're, they're, they're uh-huh. fearless, but they're fearless for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? we got to channel that energy. we got to channel their mind. we got to hit the reset button and reprogram them to think on on the future because right now they don't even think they got one. So it's, it's uh-huh. like we got to it's, – it's, it's, it's a whole it's – a, it's a big job ahead of us, but somebody got to do it. And even though we are small in numbers, man, let me tell you something. I got jumped by 20 people, and my one self whooped 20 people by myself. So for each one of us, there's 25 of them. We can take them out. I'm, and, and I'm not talking about the white man. I'm uh-huh. talking about the system of oppression. We can t- If it's taken uh-huh. out of us, that means that we can take out a million. We can change a million uh-huh. with 10,000 of us together. That's, that's what, that's what uh-huh. we have to do. And if we're not real about it, Sit that's the it. F down, for real, and get out the way. Because I don't care what it is. Right there. If you're in the way, if you're in the way, you got to go. I think I think that's important. Uh, what you just said, because I, I was gonna, I was gonna go back here a second. And um, I'm sorry, man. But I'm, I'm just fired up because this is passionate to me, man. And I look at my yeah, son, and I, I want him to have a future, man. It's love. I, I got no problem. Like him. You know, I got, I got no problem with nothing. Listen. This is the place where you let that emotion fly when you get it off your chest. It is what it is. These are the things that, these are the thoughts that we have, and, and, and we're living off experience, man. You know, we can, we can yeah, talk about this stuff in first person and, and take on any questions that people may have. And because, you know, when you start talking like that, it, people get afraid. Because mm-hmm. when, normally when people from the outside world, you know, outside of our environments or where we grew up, white or black, blue or green or Asian or Latino or whatever, if they're not from that walk of life and they haven't seen through their own eyes some of the or most of the things that you've seen or your experiences, if they haven't surrounded them, it makes them afraid because they don't really know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Right. Johnny, uh, Coley says something that was, that, that was really profound, but I... I it also made me think of a question, right? When you said integration was the worst thing that could happen to black people. Uh-huh. And I think that that's a, that's a very direct statement, but I think we, as, as me understanding what's going on out here, I think I need to hammer that down even more. Um, liberal integration is the worst thing ever that had happened to uh, the, the black society, if you will. Or mm-hmm. black people in general, um, and, and and I say that because traditionally we have always worked with people other than other than black people. We've always, mm-hmm. even when we had our own, even when we were segregated. Um, and, and and I get this from stories of talking to my grandfather, who you know who lived through that era, and, and you know he'll tell you quick, I never had an issue with a white person. We worked together. Uh, I worked over here on this farm. I did this. They did that. You know, I, I had a wonderful life, he'll tell you, um, despite some of the things that he went through outside of his business and friendships with, with people of another color or, or white people. But the liberal in America 
is something very, it's a whole different animal. That liberal understanding is something that it, it, it really has no, no, no foundation. Because no matter what you say to refute the things that liberals say, they'll develop something else out of the sky and just make it legitimate. And it, and it, and it has no, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, no, there's no substance behind it. And black people are from this right here. And this is why I'm a conservative. Let me put it out here. Black people are, if, if we're nothing, despite believing it or not, we're pro-God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some God. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, mm-hmm. whether it's is, is, is Allah, Muhammad, Jesus, or, or just God in general, Yeshua, whatever. We're all pro-God. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find too many black people that don't believe in nothing. Okay. Right. So we're definitely pro God. We had to be pro gun because before we were pro gun, we were getting our faces kicked in in our own neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Before we understood mm-hmm. the fact that we had the right, the civil right, the constitutional right Newton. to actually fight back, we were getting our asses kicked by the letter mm-hmm. of the yeah. law. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we were definitely mm-hmm. pro gun. We're definitely a pro gun people, and I'm talking about where we come from. We're definitely pro-life. We were the, it, we were the exactly. people with 12 and 15 and 20 children working on the right. farm together, sewing clothes and, and, and making it do what it do on, in the field or whatever. We didn't abort our mm-hmm. babies. We didn't kill right. our babies. Mm-hmm. You might have an aunt who was really your cousin that lived in your house. You know what I'm right. saying? We were definitely right. pro-life individuals. We've all always been about our life. money. I'm sorry. I said all conservative values. All conservative mm-hmm. values and since integration is when the whole mix of things twisted. See, black people in that era, you couldn't tell anybody come up to the to the town hall and sign up for these full benefits. I ain't knocking nobody on full mm-hmm. sense because I understand it. I understand that there will always be a degree of people in America that would need some kind of subsidy some kind of help. Mm-hmm. So I ain't knocking nobody on food stamps, but I'm just telling you where we come from, right? We were slaves. You can't, listen, you can't, you couldn't take somebody. Let me, I just want to paint the picture, y'all, because I love talking about this and making people understand why I'm a conservative and why they should be one, in my opinion, because you couldn't have, exactly. take, you couldn't have taken a, a, a black woman from that, 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 was, that was just out of uh, uh, bondage, right? Who was just a second generation slave or the child of a of a parent that was a slave. You couldn't have took that person and said, come to the town hall and get these eggs, beans, cheese, or whatever. Come get this food that these people who were just killing y'all ass or held you in bondage want to give you. That don't even make sense. You also couldn't have took that person and said, come up here and sign up for this house. All y'all packed in that little center block house. I know it's cold. Come up here and get one of these projects. Come get one of these government houses. That person would have told you to kiss their ass. Are you crazy? I'm not going to live in a house that the person who want me to be that slave told me I can get for free. It doesn't even make common sense. So integration for black people with the liberal has been a demise of the black family ever since. And here we are today. And again, we don't even know who we are. Again, we don't even know who we are. We got people saying, I'll make this last point. 
And if anybody can prove me wrong, I got $100 right here on this table. <laughs> and I'm writing a book on it right now. Matter of fact, we can make it 1000 I ain't got 1000 on this table, but I got a $100 bill right here. And I'm making $1,000 right now. I'm putting it out there for anybody around the damn world. They say that black people switched parties, Dixocrats, Southern Dixocrats, all that, in the 60s, right? They say that we switched right. parties. They say we went from Republicans to Democrats, right? We all know the Democrats were the KKK. Democrats were people who wanted to enslave us. Democrats were people who didn't believe mm-hmm. in God in that era. Right? Mm-hmm. They, say, they say the switch took place. Well, here's my challenge. Here's my $100 or $1,000 challenge. I want you to go ask your grandmother. I want you to ask your grandfather, your great-grandfather, grandmother, elder, pastor, senior, the oldest damn black person you can find. And ask them, has black people ever in life gotten together and, 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 and signed a document together, right, in changing who we politically were? I want you to ask them, when did this, did this great event that people are talking about, this great switch, when, did it, when the hell did this great switch ever happen? It never happened. It's a fucking myth that we bought. And that we still stuck upon. Nobody can tell you. Listen, black people, man, and this is unfortunate, but this is a point that I'm making with this. Black people ain't ever gotten together and did one mm-hmm. event where we all signed a document on a piece of paper together as one. Never in the they history of known men. Never in the history they of known men. So we right. bought the lie that, that, that they put out there, and ever since that, We've been believing with someone that we're not, and we're stuck on it. And if you try to tell somebody different, that lies so embedded into the souls and hearts of black folks that they don't even believe you, even if you prove it, it even if you show them, they don't even believe you. It was ingenious because they did that to cause the confusion. Because now, with everything that has happened to us, it has been to make sure that we are separated. Um, yeah. I remember um, a Mexican guy saying, hey, you know, speaking to this Mexican guy, you know, coming from overseas, he's like, you know, in my country, you would, what y'all go through, by now we would have been, you know, shooting and riding and, and, you know, it would have been totally different from where they come from. You know, it would have been revolutionary war. They they would have been at war right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They wouldn't be taking what we're taking, but we are so divided. Yeah. Right? We, we just divided. And what they did for us, because – it's just like if you look and you do your research on all these people in Israel and all this talking about us, they're like, yo, they are afraid of, and it was even this white guy did an interview. He was like, look, when y'all finally get together and y'all decide to overthrow the country, just remember, I'm on y'all team. That's what he, you know, that's an interview that's out there. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, yo, you know, we are so, everything that has been, has happened to us, because I remember going to that food stamp office with my mother and um, the food stamp lady, she, my mother was married. The food stamp lady, you know, I got three other brothers. It was four of us. You know, we hungry. So she go there, and they were like, well, we miss it by 35 cents. And she was like, well, look, you know, this is what you can do. And she said it with a straight face. Divorce your husband. Mm. Then we can give you a house. We can give you this. Mm-hmm. We can give you that. We can give you this. Y'all to get a check for each one of your boys, all of that. Just divorce mm-hmm. And so the man, quote, unquote, the man of the house is the man, quote unquote. Not the black man, not the husband, but the man. You know what I'm saying? So that's why 
that's where the connotation of the man comes from. The man is the one oppressing because that, that man had, had became the, the head of black households at the end of the day. Yeah. So right now we are so divided. We are so divided, man. And, and that's the biggest thing. See, like, it's just so many segments of division that we got to face even in corp- corporate world, corporate America, education, uh, just everyday society. It's just division all over the place between us, not between yeah. nobody else, because everybody are able to get along with their people or be with their people. And yeah, they and they you know they can trace their heritage, you know, and then you know they can relate to each other. Say they came from across this way, but it's the division. And what what you just mentioned was another form of division, because now if I can cause confusion, you don't know what side you're supposed to be on. That's right. So if all of y'all got on one side, it'd be trouble. But as long as you don't know what side you're supposed to be on, that's the confusion. But why do we allow people to like? Tell us though. I mean, we we all got common sense. Like you know, and I know, like everybody else knows, except for the American liberal. Okay, don't matter what color they come in, but the American liberal, they're gonna they'll pull something out of the sky on your ass. But you and I both know that if all of us are standing in the street with a gun, right, and none of us can life each mm-hmm. other, none of us gonna really pop off. It's probably not just gonna. Right. Happen. It's not gonna happen. The chances are. The chances of someone robbing your house and knowing that everyone in the house is strapped is slim to none. Right. It will skip you by. The chances of us giving up our guns and allowing the criminal, because the criminal ain't giving up Jack. Somebody who mm-hmm. wants to rob, steal, and kill and, and invoke fear is not going to abide by the law. It's not going to happen. Right. These laws are set for people like you and me. So when it comes to tyranny in this country, when it comes time to do what the folks in Oregon did, not only will we not they, they will, will they not excuse us from doing it, not only will they look at us crazy, we're not going to have the means to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's well, going to be like peasants to live in a kingdom. We got to fight with pick forks, knives, and spoons because the king won't allow you to have a gun. If the blacksmith, I just wrote an article on this on Hip Hop Conservative. Check that out, by the way. If you mm-hmm. live in a kingdom, you you know, see, I, I was just talking to somebody about this. We don't do many things different from the times of of, of kings and castles and that era. Right. You know, when when lands were ruled by kings, or or say by Rome in the days of Alexander and blah 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 blah. It's kind of still the same way. You know, the politicians, Washington is the king and the royal family, mm-hmm. and we're the peasants. We have to pay our taxes mm-hmm. or they lock us up or kill us. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Every law that they invoke on us, we can't, we have to abide by those laws. If the mm-hmm. blacksmith, in order for the blacksmith to make us a weapon, it has to be, it has to be authorized by the kingship or by the royal mm-hmm. family. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're still living under the mm-hmm. same precedent. And it's backed by the mm-hmm. whole theory that this guy named Columbus found America, which really discovered America in the name of the queen. So, I mean, we're still mm-hmm. in it. That's just my point. But common sense should tell you that anybody who will take money from you from the hours of the day that you get paid a wage for, 
Anybody that would take money from you before you before you get the money yourself is not for you. They're robbing you. These people don't care about you. The federal government mm-hmm. don't care about nobody. If you don't pay your taxes, mm-hmm. they'll put you in the worst humanly possible, the worst possible place in this world to put a human, which is a prison. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. not paying a percentage of your money that they deem necessary. Think about and that. And then they... And then they get paid for putting you in that prison. Absolutely. They're going to work you again. Mm-hmm. See, if you really think about this stuff, you don't need anyone to tell you. You don't need nobody to tell you. We just got people saying, oh, we got to get rid of these guns. These guns are killing people. These guns ain't doing it. Mm-mm. People are doing it. Because, yeah, <laughs> guns don't kill people. People kill people. You're exactly right. And you got to think about the guns that are out there. Don't... They supply the federal government supply these guns to these people that had the unregistered guns. That you don't get, you don't, you just can't go get an AR. You know what I'm saying? From just you can't go to Walmart and say I'm about to go get me this right here. And no, the federal and, and it's dirty and it always has already has bodies on it. Nah, you they getting that from the government. Like the real Rick Ross, and when you look at his story, he explained a whole lot. He had a deal with the government to sell drugs. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, yo, the government put those guns out there on the streets. You talking about Iraq? When you were talking about the mayor, the mayor ain't, the mayor ain't in control of that. The government, uh, you know, puts those guns out in those streets. It's nothing he can do. It's just like Durham. It's like Durham, North Carolina now. You know, that that police chief had no idea what to do because now – the streets are flooded with these guns, but these guns are not coming from Durham. They're coming from some other source. What is the other source? Drug dealers, government, government uh, uh, co-ops. That's, you know, that's you, what it when, is. When you got people that's uh, running the State Department, that's putting guns in, in you know, overseas, is allowing ambassadors to be killed. People like Hillary Clinton that allow our ambassadors to be killed. What Nino mm-hmm. say? Take him outside and kill him two times. They killed mm-hmm. this man, drug him in the street, burned him, and then shot him some more. This is an American yep. ambassador. We're not even respected abroad anymore. So it's gonna mm-hmm. go down here. So you know what? We really, and I know we we we're all over the board tonight. I, I know, and it's a whole lot of emotion. But we really gotta hone some stuff in, and we gotta really figure out who we are here, and what we're gonna do. And right now, I'm just talking about black people. Because if not, there's not many of us. Newsflash to everybody out there. Check out the, check out the demographics chart for black folks. There's not many of <laughs> us out there, man. There are places that you can drive to. Yeah. yeah. Man, I've been places where I've stayed a week. And, and, and through work and, or just regular interaction, well, I've not seen one black person outside of myself in an entire week in some of these states. It's not only one time. So the, it, it, people got to understand, man, we're, we're only along the coast of America, uh, around the Gulf, West Coast, East Coast, up Northern Coast. It's the whole Eastern Seaboard, we're there. Down South, we're there. Outside of that, we're just sprinkled into this country. It's fairly easy to find us and kill us off. Mm-hmm. Let, let me go to a caller real quick, man. And since this caller been holding on for a while, 
5944. South Carolina, you in the house. What's up? Hey, what's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on? What's, what are we talking about tonight? Um, Police brutality, uh, being influenced by the dress code. And, you know, we've been all over the ball with it, man. We've been talking about some of everything. Uh, we ended up talking about how integration with the liberal has ruined the traditional black family. Question, y'all. What question are you asking? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I just want to ask you about the police brutality. It, do you think police brutality is influenced by a dress code? Oh, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you could just, I mean, you could tell the approach. You can tell the mm-hmm. approach they take for certain individuals, certain, um, just personally seeing certain situations, you know. Um, if, like, not too long ago, a buddy of mine came in my neighborhood because, um, you know, the way he was dressed, but I guess they didn't feel he just got off work. But he got pulled mm-hmm. over for just pulling in. Just because he had his hood, he had a gray hoodie on and just regular slacks, but he had just got off work. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm pretty sure he was he was probably doing better financially than the police officer that pulled him over. Mm-hmm. He college educated, mm-hmm. but he college educated and everything, but he was stereotyped of being probably a hustler, a gangbanger, whatever. But majority of, if you notice, majority of these officers that stereotyping or, or that brutality that's going on, most of them don't have no no post education past um past the high school. So yeah. so you we got them. So now they consider themselves as professionals in these fields when they when they ain't work ninety days on the job. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we got them taking out mm-hmm. and we got them doing law type law lawyer type duties but they they're not educated. I don't think they can pass up a, a basic elementary test as far as taking out law stuff and, and how to make judgmental calls on the person's appearance and stuff like that. They they, they haven't been trained formally on that. They they making judgment calls on stuff that they can't they can't deter they they can't tell the difference. Wow. And I've seen it. And I've seen it. They get on the they get on the uniform, so they feel they're they're professional, they're educated in that subject, but they're not. They just know they got backing. If they make the wrong decision, it will be covered. If you got such, Reggie, what did I just if, say, if got, man? Yeah. If you got such a strong union that will protect your faults, you would not be scared to make mistakes. Yeah. They make mistakes so 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 much that if they get if they make a mistake and while they're covering it up, you can sit home and get paid. Your family mm-hmm. don't don't have to worry. If I go to my job mm-hmm. and make a mistake and get fired, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not covered. They covered. So they say, fuck it. I get my buddy over here. Hey, I'm calling my buddies on my cell phone and tell them what happened. They're going to back me. We're going to write these fake-ass statements mm-hmm. and, say, mm-hmm. and say he was fucking with me. You know, that's just like as an NBA mm-hmm. player. It's an NFL player in the neighborhood not too long ago. But they was fucking with him because of the way he drove. He had dreadlocks, and he drove too long to stop. But we all know in this area he pulled up to a safe area. 
So they tried to get him for evading the blue lights. But no, oh, wow. if you if you're a young black man, we all know what goes down. I can't I can't speak mm-hmm. for other nationalities, white people. What I can't speak for them, but a young black male knows how it goes down in in, in dimly lit areas, in expensive mm-hmm. cars, and stuff like that. We understand how it goes down. He wasn't invading the blue light. He had money to pay for whatever situation went down. He just wanted to go to a place that had cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. But they tried Which to set up to make it look like yes, yes, it was smart. But see, when you look, when you listen to it from other situations, they try to make it seem like he was he was running, he was evading, he was trying to hide stuff. But no, he he knew he how it goes down. So he went to a place that had cameras, so it wouldn't be just his word against the police word. He needed that. Mm-hmm. So I totally support his situation, but. The ones that ain't never been harassed, ain't never been bothered, wouldn't understand. But until you went through those type of situations and understand brutality and understand how they, how you get fucked with for just being you, I don't see so many make these judgment calls. They can't talk because look, I know the I know a couple of uppity people in my in my in my job situation. They talk about my son, my son, but I say look. You don't have to worry about your son making it home. Majority of these young black kids, parents, they worry every day their son leaves the house. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all don't have that problem. So that's worry 24 hours a day. You thinking your son mm. going to work, coming home, and going to be safe to come home? A lot of them don't don't have that luxury. I mean, I begin in the argument with people sometimes because I'm like, you can't make those judgment calls because you don't understand. Until mm-hmm. you've been through it, you can't you can't you can't just say I don't know why they did that because it happens on a daily basis and the person has a line of I can't take this shit no more. If it happens to you every now and then, it's different. But on, when it happens to you or people you know all the time, it gets to where you get fed up with it, and it's definitely stereotypical. And I see the brutality, man, but they can cover it up so well, and a lot mm-hmm. of us. And I knew people personally as growing up, we didn't have the money to fight it, and they know that. So they know we're going to let it mm-hmm. ride. That's why, the, that's why the numbers are so low, because we can't afford we can't afford the big legal defense to go for it. So we'd be like, shit, I can't pick. I, I got to pick my battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to use this mm-hmm. money to pay my bills next week. Hell, the judge will take my money, suck it up, and say, ain't nothing I can do. So I can't risk that. And I've seen wow. that. You know? That's that's see, part that's of, but that's that, just that's a subject I personally know about. Huh? Well, that's that's part of why I support with what the RZA said, and you know I I get backlash for it. The reason it is I have four sons, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, one is eighteen, and I also know that you can't be out here looking any kind of way because if you look any kind of way. People will treat you in any kind of way, and and I'll put y'all. I mean, let me put y'all on this, right? This is something I told me. Check this out. She was like, "Cut the side." I don't even want to put our business out there, but you know, I'm I'm hard on my boys, man. I mean, I love them publicly, and I'm hard on them, and and I coach them. So sometimes you get caught between the coach and the dad, and I say something that comes across the rest of his head to somebody. Else. So she decided when she was like, "Listen, 
I want you to, if you got to get on them about something that from a from a fatherly aspect, I don't want you to do that in public so much. Because when you say something to your children, other folks feel like they can talk to your children the same way. I'm talking about from a team coaching aspect. Yeah, think about that for a second now. If I coach my son on the team and I say something to my son from a fatherly aspect, like, you're going to run hard because you should have been cleaning your room the other day, blah, 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 blah. Other people will look at it and go, or they'll come talking to your child in that kind of way as well. So, I, I, you know, I, I really got that. And when you look at what Risen was saying about his kids, because he wasn't talking about society, clearly. He was talking about his son, his grown sons. He said, sometimes, you know, but absurd, clean up, look like a young man. You're not a little kid. You know? So, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. So fortunate. But listen, man, if if we're going to stand a chance and to make it, and like you said, uh, sir, if we want our kids to make it home, we got to give them some game. And I think, John, you said this earlier. We got to give them some game because we love them. And we got to let them know that, yo, you cannot be out there any kind of way. Part of the reason that I'm not locked up today is because of what I call my chameleon. I didn't look like I was banging. It didn't look exactly. like I was thugging. But shit, I was the ring later. Exactly. For sure. Mm-hmm. But here's Playing the thing, check. though. Yeah, but here's the thing. And the only reason I said I still couldn't agree with RZA is because of what the man just said. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, um, I can understand in certain situations, you wearing... You know, you got to go to a, a, a job interview, you better wear that suit. That's tall. I mean, if you want to go, if, if this is what you want to do, you dress that part. But I'm now, just going, out, just going outside, though, when I say just going outside at the end of the day, put, now, I agree with pulling your pants up. You know what I'm saying? Look neat. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you can wear your, your jeans, your Levi's, your da 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't have them too tight, and pull your pants up. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's right. You 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 gotta define when we say look like you have some sense, or when I say look like you have some sense, you you gotta define that because by, I'm I'm like right. you. By no means, I'm telling my kids you gotta wear the damn triple breast suit. Them when you buy suit, going to the basketball court. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, I right, like right, right now. Like right now, I support a lot of black businesses. And this is a guy named Ron Green out of Philadelphia who tagged uh, Marshawn Lynch's was of Africa thing. He took it, he trademarked it. And I wear that shirt. So now you telling me I can't wear my What's Up Africa shirt out because it may offend somebody. I'm saying? <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. So it's like, no, you know, it, it, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, no, I'm not going to wear a polo every day. Yeah, my, my job, I try to. But even there, you know, the principal came to me and thanked me for challenging them because I don't wear. Like, they might have on whatever, but I'm going to still wear what I want to wear at the end of the day because it don't say in the dress code I got to wear this. But you still look you know presentable. 
I look presentable, but like I can tell my pants pulled up. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Pull your pants up. Look, you can be neat, but have, even when I wear a hoodie or my jogging suit to work, it's still, you know, it's still a hoodie at the end of the day. And so that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I understood that to a point where they say, yo, pull your pants up, yo. We don't need to see your underwear. We don't need to see all that. Pull your pants up. You know, if you got on a T-shirt, look nice with your T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just have it together, but you, you ain't got to be all sloppy with it. And like you said, you know, of course, don't wear red. You know good and well what red and blue is. Don't wear that out. You know what I'm saying? Bandanas. Come on now. But at the end of the day, just like regular stuff, like I said, my What's Up African shirt and, you know, my Hella Black, Hella Proud shirt, you see me with that on, you're going to be like, yo, pull them over. Because that happens. Well, you know, you know that happens. I've, I've so regardless it, if they have a suit on or not, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes regardless of if they have a suit on or however they dress or not, it's still – downtown I got stopped like two two years ago twice. I got stopped downtown and I got on a peacoat. I know I'm coming from my job or whatever. I'm managerial position. I got on a peacoat, you know, my, my, my polos kicking off my button ups and you know, got on some nice little shoes and all of that. They still treated me the same way getting slammed against the car. It didn't make a difference. Hold on, Jay. Um, folks, we're, we're going into the bonus hours. It's 9.30, fellas. We can talking as long as we like. East Coast, we out of here. West Coast, you're coming into a new KLP radio show. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Remember, God is love. Love is God. Communication is the key. You got to communicate, baby, before you try to express your views to anybody. Make sure you first say hello and do All right? Thanks for listening to the KLP radio show. Stay online for the bonus hour for everybody that's on the phone, that's phone lines, and uh, we good online. And online, you still listen to the show. Jay, go ahead with your thought, man. My fault. Yeah, no problem. But, yeah, so, I mean, it didn't really matter. I mean, some like, for me, though, I mean, I already know I'm a threat regardless of what I got on. You know, I remember mm-hmm. um, going to sell going to sell pictures. I'm 6'5", two, I'm 6'5", 250, you know. So, already, it's like, I don't care if I put on a, 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 a Tom Ford suit. It don't matter. I'm 6'5", mm-hmm. 250. Yeah. You know, so, immediately, when I get out of the car, I'm slammed against the car. Or I'm told to sit on the curb or get on my knees. You know what I'm saying? It's immediately. And I remember trying to sell these pictures, and the guy told me it was a black guy. He looked like George Jefferson. Black guy was like, yo, you can't go in there selling these pictures being that big. You got to slump down and hunt your shoulders over and get to that level and be little and, and present. Don't be, don't look so menacing walking into the door. I'm just like, well, I can't help that I'm 6'5". You know what I'm saying? There's nothing I can help. You know, at the end of the day, so like I said, it, it doesn't – that's the only reason I didn't agree with that when he was saying, you know, wearing a hoodie. It, he had to specify, pull your pants up. Don't go out there with, you know, it's just like you said, Pudgy, pull your pants up. Be neat. But you can wear what you want to wear as long as there ain't no skinny jeans. To me, this is my opinion, no skinny jeans. And when you're looking, when you're, we're, we're not trying to be effeminated here, no skinny jeans and pull your pants up. Other than that, do what you do. That's just my view on it. Word, man. I'm I'm, I'm definitely not into the skinny trend. I know these kids gonna do their thing, man. But I listen. To don't look like a girl. If you're a man, if you're a boy, <laughs> don't look like. All right. I mean, I can say with it. You know, we had our fashion, and I and then my boys. But at the same time, I get it. 
and and you know this is their fashion there, this is their trend, and just don't look like a girl if you're a boy, man. Don't look like a girl, you know. That's all I'm saying, and, and pants pulled up on your ass. And, um, I mean, even if you're rocking a sag, man, be presentable about it. Like it's it, there's a such thing as as as, as not being presentable. You know, I see some of these little dudes out here rocking a sag, and I'm like, all right, that ain't so bad. But I don't want to see your ass. I don't want to see your drawers. I don't want to see what kind of nothing you got on under the the garments that you have on your outer exterior. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want to see underneath your basketball shorts, all that. That's nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense to me, man. And, and that's not presentable. And when you look like that, and you high out your mind, because we can't we can't forget about this dope out here. And all, and all these mm-hmm. drugs out here, but if you if you high out your mind and you look like that and you talking crazy, we definitely can't forget that either. And you talking reckless and crazy and disrespectful, you are really gonna get the confrontation that you're looking for because you're not scared that's of nobody. That's that's you what I'm saying about the demeanor. Go ahead, Jay. John. That's what I was saying about that's what I was saying about the demeanor. Like you, man, listen, you could be a stone cold killer, but you don't have to let everybody. You don't have to come off. Like that because you're gonna get what you ask for. And you're not prepared for those consequences because you're not in power. You don't have bail money. Mm-hmm. You don't have the mm-hmm. system behind you. So you got to be smart and calculated when you make those moves. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, now mind you, when I was 17, I cussed the police out uh, on my block and everything like that because we was 50 feet and y'all gonna have to call some more police cars. But this day and time is a little bit different, and it's like you got to be smarter. And these kids out here, like they high. Like I'm saying, you're throwing your flags up, you're throwing your setup. You don't own the real estate you're standing on, so they can tell you to nope. get the hell up out of there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Then you got Young Thug wearing a dress. You got Kanye West in a kilt. You got Russell Westbrook wearing tights. <laughs> I mean, you know, these people that our kids look up to, and it's like I have to sit down and educate my child on why he should not dress like this. He was like, oh, right. okay, I didn't. You know what I mean? Like he didn't know. And if we don't, yeah. we just let them, oh, it's just a fad. No, they're trying to break us down every way they can, and, 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 and we fall for it, or we preoccupy with something else and not taking the time, right. time to raise our children. Because we do, we watch the biggest the thing they did was took the man out of the house. Exactly, yeah. and that goes back to the, that goes back to the, liberal, the liberal agenda of, of, of okay, we're going to give you this for free, we're going to give you this for free, just make sure there ain't no man around to dictate yeah. and to put mm-hmm. his foot down and be a man and show a boy how to be a man, but we're going to get this to y'all, and it's been happening for 60 years, and we so stuck in a rut and brainwashed that we we can tell them you can tell our people the truth and they're gonna look at you like no it ain't and then you can be the sky's blue no it ain't it's red why because he said so who is that that's our king you know what I mean like that whatever he said goes I said what so if he said that God is not such and such then what is it well, like, maybe God isn't what the I said really I said for real so whatever he said goes huh and I'm just like wow mm. I'm talking about the, the the president of the United States I don't hate the man but I hate the policy. And, and mm-hmm. it's not productive for us as a people. And you know what I mean? Like, come on. Black people sold black people into slavery. So just because he's black mm-hmm. does not mean he's for you and your agenda. Ooh. Right. They painted, the white, they painted the White House rainbow colored. I mean, really? really? Word up. They painted the White House rainbow colored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, shows you, that shows you what the agenda was about. So it was not about right. That's real, man. Yeah, you know. South Carolina, you got any final thoughts? Hey man, I'm, shit, I'm, I'm 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 interested, man. I'm just listening. I, 
I agree with my man. I mean, I just it's just so many sides of the story, man. I agree with, and it's just like when he said he take the he took the male figure out the house, and then sometimes the male figure that they do know ain't really respected, so they don't really agree with nothing they say come out their mouth. But like at my age, for me being forty two, I respected like my I used to see my grandpa and stuff when they go out. They used to wear these nice suits and stuff, and I'm like, shit, when I grow up, I want to be able to do that. That's what yeah. I used to look look up to. That's what I mm-hmm. that's what I see now as being neat. But see, they looking up to, like you say, the Westbrooks and stuff like that. These these are they role models, and they it's it's, it's confusing kids that don't have no foundation already. It's just making them right. work. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't have nothing to relate back. Foundation that ain't stable, man. You are gonna fall off all this bullshit you see. <laughs> And it's and it's and it's so like my man said, just you convinced with everything you hear. As long as these person, people in certain positions and they say it, you gonna believe it instead of researching it. We don't we ain't, yes. we ain't telling the kids to research and stuff like that. They think they taking the easy way out when they hear it from this person. It's bond, you know what I'm saying? And it ain't like that, mm-hmm. you know. Cause they said man, the, I, the how you had information from a nigga is you put it in a book, and that was man, you know that's that that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to that's talk it. about all black people, man, but we all know people that is that's 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 that shit is so true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't want to put that work in to read it or to research it. It's it's just so easy to just let me take my homeboy word for it. We good, you know? Right. No foundation, man. So man. And and it goes yeah. back to what you were saying too early too, South Carolina. Um, and I was talking to uh, Pudgy on this about the thread. A lot of these police officers were lames in the high school. Were those ones who probably got picked on? Were those ones who weren't going to achieve at hardly nothing else? So a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot not of them. Not all of them. Like you said, I, I got to get you on that one. I got to go. Not all of them. Come on now. Not Come all. On, that's what I said. Not all of them. All right. But most of them were the ones who, who got picked, and now they got a little power under that belt, and so, you know, now they're pulling up their pants and, and, you know, shaking their legs side to side, because now they got a little, you know, crotch is all tight now, because they got a little gun on their hip. It's just the one thing I just don't agree about, the power they have is they're giving too much power for the little education they have. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to have, when they're making these decisions that can send a person to jail for their life, and they got to have more education, man, instead of on the right. on the job training because they failing on the they they failing to the on the job training that we all see they failing, but they covering it up. So, but all mm-hmm. those mistakes are being repeated throughout the department because so many of them are making those same mistakes as they age in the in the bureau, like the one year, the two years. They all going through making these same mistakes, and they done got to where they know how to cover it up and make it in the skin away. It's, it's the norm now, and, the, and, and they ain't changing it until they reform that the whole system, which they won't do. I don't see no change gonna happen no time soon. It's crazy part about it. Just like stick them out there and let them flow, right. and we'll cover it up. I remember getting pulled over in Frederick, Maryland, mainly white town. Like you said, P, it's one of those towns I stayed there for weeks. And other than my homies, I saw no other black people. So I remember getting pulled over, once again, you know, driving while black, because um, they thought I had guns in the car. They said they, the car matched the description or something, and so they wanted to search my car for guns. And guy tried to plant a seed, but one of the other guys wouldn't let that roll because it, that car was too clean 
for one seed to just be laying on the floor. So they, like I said, once again, me being six five, I get thrown on the back of the car and handcuffs. I'm thrown against the car. They one guy got his elbow in my back. So now after they check my car, check my license, I'm all good. They offer me a job. Wow. Hmm. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, serious. <laughs> they said that he um they he pulled me up. The dude that had his elbow in my back. He pulled me up. He took the cuffs off. The guy that was uh, looking over the guy searching the car, he walked over there. I guess he was over everybody. He was like, look. He was like, sorry for what happened to you. You know, we were just making sure you ain't had no guns bringing it, in, bringing it here. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we hired. Right? So if you want to come out there and fill out an application, we hired. Why would you want to be a part of some bullshit like that, you know? Right. Why would you even consider that? You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, that wasn't, that ain't even nothing you're going to I don't know you. But I'm saying you wouldn't consider that fucking job. Nah, nah. I told him I'm good. I said, you know what, Mr. Officer, I'll pass on that. Because this is not how, I, you know, I ain't that type of person to get down like that. So, yeah. yeah. Nah, I mean, that's that stuff happens. It's just like right now online where they locked the two kids up for being on the bus in Detroit because they had a little toy BB gun. And then afterwards, they say, you know, that the, then afterwards you hear them blatantly yell, but we're hiring down there. So y'all ought to go down there and fill out an application. Damn. It's crazy. Listen, man. It's um, it's, it's it's been a dope show, fellas, and this bonus footage has definitely been on fire. And I appreciate that. I hope that um, I'll be able to get with you guys again, and we can definitely dialogue on all oh, yeah. this. Um, to everybody who's listening to the bonus hour, thank you guys, and uh, I'm gonna end you guys with this article that I wrote <clears throat> on Hip Hop Conservative. Uh, the Hip Hop Conservative blog, WordPress.com. This, this article was about Governor Paul LePage, who said he thinks black drug dealers come to Maine to sell heroin and impregnate young white girls. Uh, so here's my article, man. You guys can uh, you can log off now if you want to. You can listen. Uh, Paul LePage, Maine's governor, his truth has actually got the best of him. I'm going to mute you guys. My fault. My apologies. Governor Paula Page, Maine's governor's truth, actually got the best of him. And see, this time he actually said what's been on his mind, trapped in his own reality aloud. I'm sure everybody reading doesn't follow the, the Facebook, Twitter, Hip Hop Conservative blog, or follow me on KRP Radio Show. But I've long said you should not be surprised how white folks view black people who have no personal relationships. Consider this for a second. There are places in America where you can drive through the entire state, every county, or even spend a day in and not see one man or woman of color. This seems out of this world in America, but not really. It's not racist. It's not made up. It's simply truth via population and being well-traveled. Truth be told, if you look at any demographics chart, you'll find that blacks reside on the East Atlantic coast and along the southern seaboard around the Gulf of Mexico, and along the western seaboard more than any other regions in America. And there is so much more to America than the coast. Have you ever wondered why that is? I mean, I really know why, but that's the topic for another day. When people like Governor LePage make these statements instead of raging anger or uh, with another misinformed white bigot post on Facebook or white bigot rant, you should make you should make it your fact to expand yourself all the more 
so the entire world can see you, the representative of truth for within your culture, or our culture for that matter, which is the culture of color. We should expand to help people see beyond the stadiums, the gyms, and entertainment lights. Besides, we're more than just NBA basketball and football in the NFL. Beyond the skew of history, beyond the stories that families have told over and over and held the ability to brainwash you of that lie, lessons could teach you better. This has a lot to do with why I go places that black people haven't traditionally cared to go. I'm proud to talk to white people who many times have not talked to a black man with my experiences for longer than a few minutes or even at all. I don't go off on them and say, hey, this is how black people really are, blah, blah, blah. I let life take its course, and me, Bobby, I be my damn self. And I let God do the rest, which is healing a damaged and oftentimes burdened heart, or people will be defeated by the forces of evil that leaves them ignorant or the comforts of that tradition of ignorance that led them astray in the first place. However, all in all, I will always depart people with the feeling if I just talk to another human being, despite their beliefs, heritage, race, religion, or ethnicity, feeling like I've done my part, which is showing my reflection of God's love until it's time to do it again. Until next time, I'm out of here. So let's go sell an onion to H and bang out some white girls like Governor LePage think we can do. All right, folks, I'm out of here. Thanks for listening to the Hip Hop Conservative blog. Shout out to my guests that were on the show, my man John Anderson III, Jay Coley, and my caller from South Carolina, Lamont Parks. I got you, baby. Shout out to everybody out there who rocks with the KLP Radio Show. I'm going to leave y'all with some biggie, man. Everyday struggle. One love.